The Neutral Position presents the wrap-up with Nick Palmashano. Hey guys, I am Nick Palmashano, and this is the wrap by The Neutral Position. It is an honor to have Ken Brenneman on today. Ken is actually here to do a show, but decided he wanted to be on the wrap as well, which brought out Albert So. Listen, Hollywood brought me out because he, he reaches out to me last night. He's like, hey, I need someone else. So, Well, you're the someone else. I know. I'm the first, but this is like last, a, second choice. This is... <laughs> when we get intellectual, when it's not me and Dan spouting ridiculous stuff about volcanoes... It's pronounced so. 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 That's how it is in China. Uh, that that's how that's that's how your name's pronounced. Yeah, but that not in America. I mean, we're why not? <laughs> I don't know. Like no that, one, no one's correcting anybody. You corrected me once. That's no, why no, I no, always I, do it. It was more. I was not correcting you. It's on. It's on film. It's on film. You sensitive. You correct. I said Albert no, Cho like, one did time. You know that's not. How you and you were it. like, well, was, well, that's no, not that's really not, how you say it. So you know, I guess anyone that knows me knows I've never corrected anyone on that pronunciation. I mean, you did it on film on a podcast. I was more like, did you know? You I'm pretty like, sure you, you corrected me the first time I said your last name. I don't think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I'm pretty sure Nick was on the phone no, with us. No, I introduced myself. Ciao. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so. Anyway. So, anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't, I can't help it. This is probably, you know. Anyway, this is. A million this, people in China. This racist fuck. <laughs> He's so You're racist. The most racist guy I know. Yeah, you are the most racist. You are the most no, racist. No, I observe guy. I observe behaviors. That's it. You're the I'm mo- not racist. You're, I mean, you're the most racist against Asians. Yeah. I'm not racist. I love Asians, but I just observe their behavior. Yeah, since when did observing a behavior and noting it make you racist? It doesn't. <laughs> He's just giving I don't scientific treat, observations. I don't treat people differently because of who they are. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. I'll, yeah. give you, I'll give you that. Anyway, allegedly, this is supposed to be our most adult rap ever because yes. we've got serious former Goldman Sachs vice president Ken Brenneman and Albert So. So, uh, you know, lots to talk I about. I do not work at Goldman Sachs. I have, yeah. He, I'm pretty he, sure my, the ATS would <clears throat> spit my resume out within t- six seconds. <laughs> like, not qualified. Oh. Next. So, uh, lots going on. I am going to start by talking about something I don't want to talk about, as I so often do. President Trump. No. Oh. I know. Has new charges against him. I've got my phone out because there are so many charges. I want to make sure I get them right. But the bigs are... Conspiracy to defraud the United States, tampering with a witness, and conspiracy against the rights of citizens. Jack Smith, the prosecutor, uh, essentially alleges that President Trump knew that everything that he was saying about the election being stolen was false and continued to do so anyway, even when things had turned violent, continued to go with that. And because of that... Um, you know, essentially tried to steal the election. So that is that is where directionally this is going. And the grand jury signed off on those four charges. So he now has a total of 76 charges against him in three different trials. All of those trials will take place in the next 12 to 18 months as a lead up to the 2024 election, of which... He is currently the forerunner. 
Gentlemen, talk to me. So, one, I think this is a very interesting proposition across all different kind of political spheres. Um, you know, the American distrust in its politicians is, is at an all-time high. Yes. This and is, they, they deserve it. They do. They absolutely deserve it. And I think the more that we kind of pull back the covers on the bed that, you know, Congress and all politicians have been sleeping in, the more bugs we're going to find, the more dirt, everything else. Well, this has been kind of a one party against one person to keep them out of power. I think, you know, overall, the American public is getting more and more aware of just the general unrest, general, you know, untruthfulness of our current political system and how corrupt it may be. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it. you know, my entire life, it's been a joke, you know, like never trust a politician. I mean, like we all have heard the maxims about politicians, but like we're living in a clown car right now. Like, I mean, there is, you know, and I've said this many times, there is no doubt in my mind that President Trump did lots of these things. Like, did he do all of them? I, probably not, because there's 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 certainly a he has been targeted more than any other politician I've ever seen. But, you know, I mean, he clearly has done a lot of terrible things. And then but then, you know, like we were also all told that all the Hunter Biden stuff was bullshit. And, you know, here we are. And there's like tapes of this guy you know, very obviously using selling his, access to yeah, my dad. selling access. You want to meet my dad? Selling access to his dad <laughs> Sitting next to the big guy right you now. Know, yeah. Like I'd bet a lot of money that the you cocaine have crack? that was in the White House was Hunter Biden's <laughs> cocaine. Like we all know, it was Hunter Biden's cocaine. How those deals go down, by the way, is like, do you want to meet my dad? How much? A million. I got a ball of crack. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, so you know, and to say nothing of all the, you know, the 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 fact that there is an actual. Uh, an actual fund that essentially mirrors Nancy Pelosi's investments. And that's the whole fund strategy. And they win year after year after year at a outsized. Uh, Nancy's husband, Nancy uh, Paul is the trader. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Nancy <laughs> doesn't trade that's like right. that. So because she's a civil servant. So I think like it's gone People. from, it's gone from like, yeah, you know, politicians are corrupt, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, to like, holy shit. Like, we would all be in prison. If Albert So did the same things, you'd be in prison. Like, you you would be screwed. No, why would I be? No, because well, I'd be just like them. Well, no, so I, I actually... If I was a politician. So the judge actually in the Hunter Biden case, which I'm really standing up for this judge, basically looked at this plea deal that Hunter Biden was going to take and threw it out. Wow. Yeah. And that's, I think the yeah, first it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. And it's the first time in recent memory that I can think of the, you know, and one, you know, our, our founders of the United States had that idea of having the legislative branch, the executive branch and the judicial branch. And that's the first time in my memory as an adult, which isn't that long, but still that I can remember the actual checks and balances working mm -hmm. and not working for people in power. So, you know, I think the general populace and a lot of the people that are coming up, you know, our age group, all of that have seen that. And as we get more positions in higher government, you know, we're looking judicial branch, we see a lot of more 
I, I realize they're conservatives, but we see a lot of younger people coming on to the Supreme Court that are bringing forth, you know, they realized how corrupt, even if you go back to World War II, there was a lot of shady stuff going on in World War II with the executive branch and through the 50s, through the 60s. I think we've kind of gathered the lessons of, you know, our parents and our grandparents and are now putting it out towards changing the lives of our children and further on from there. So I think so, that there's going to be a power swing. The way I would want to think about this is, so what will happen next, right? So you have these, th this is what's happening now, but the reality is like you, me, most of the people listening, watching this podcast, you're not going to do anything about these charges now. Like that's, this is like, this is a the current event, right? But what you said is more interesting to me, which is like, so what's going to happen next? Do you see an actual shift? Can we look at different governments in history that have because because it's it's a it's a it's like a cycle like every developed nation kind of runs into this problem mm -hmm. right even the great roman empire eventually fell on itself not due to due to power power corruption poor leadership so that's what's kind of like we're phasing towards so how does the how does the ship right itself in the next i don't know what do you think 10 20 years so Anytime that you look, and when you go across history, right? Yeah. We're truly kind of the first republic, democratic republic that has ever existed and lasted this long. Yeah. Now, one thing that's been gradually taken away is the power of the individual, right? And not only just the individual you and I, but the individual state. Yeah. So what I'm seeing is more of a split in ideology and eventually you're going to see a lot of states lean very, very, you know, liberal. And I'm t speaking as liberal in the current sense, not mm -hmm. in the classically liberal sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to see a lot of more states lean conservative into the individual freedoms. Yeah. And we're and seeing that. See that. We're seeing that exactly. already, you know. And, and while, you know, some of the things that DeSantis has done have been a little comical, I do think it's important that he and other governors start retaining states' rights. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, I, I think, like, the Disney thing is stupid. Like, I think there's a lot of things yeah. that are... That I don't are want very, to fight the hand that feeds me. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot <laughs> exactly. of... I think there's a lot of things that are very yeah. much... They're, they're not... They're small. They're, they're you offended me, so I'm going to get yeah. back to you. Yeah. But, but I think that an important thing that we have all forgotten is that if it's not enumerated in the Constitution, the power falls to the states. States are supposed to be able to run things the way that they want to run things as long as it's in the framework of the freedoms outlined in the Constitution. And so, you know, it's very interesting to me that we essentially live at the safest time in history, but we are more and more willing to give up individual freedoms for safety. Um, I think it's a problem. Like, I don't know. I, I think that life is so good that we overthink everything. Like, it, this is as safe as it's been, like, in terms of, like, you know, medicine, in terms of security, in terms of, like, no one's invading the United States. And we're we're always like, how can we make it safer? How can we make it safer? And I, and I get it. Like, we, you obviously value life. But, you know, at some point, there has to be a particular code that we subscribe to that, you know, makes America, America. Yeah. Here's the thing. Life isn't meant to be safe. Like if you are if you want the reward of life, you can't 
be in a completely encapsulated bubble. And that's why I'm going to start wrestling grizzly bears. Hey, <laughs> it's a bad it's, idea. It's a, <laughs> you might get a rush, but it might be really bad too. If you're going to wrestle anything, just... it's a black bear. Okay, so like, you know, I, I grew up in Wyoming. Yep. We have a lot of grizzly bears. We have, have a lot you, of black bears. Have you wrestled black bears? Not yet. There's there's been a few times where I thought like I've been hunting, and I've been close enough to where I'm like, if he charges, I might have to. And, you know, me and my dad. But you're black bear sized. I am. I am. So <laughs> what do you, you think know? my chances are? I, I've often said that, that, like, whenever, you know, we ask the question, like, Look. what's the toughest animal you can take? I think I can take an adolescent black bear. I, I think you could, too. And I mean, so Joey Jones, right? He, mm -hmm. he, he sent me a message one day and he's all like 85 percent of the male population in the United States. He's coming on the show. He is. Yeah. He's, he's a great guy. Love, love, love him. But he'd send a meme that he's like, 85% of the male population thinks they could take on a bear. And I was all like, bears are just my family. I know I can wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the one thing that, and you know, reverting back is going back to this whole idea of safety. Like, the more safe that you are, the less you're going to be fulfilled in life. And, you know, you can go to work every day, work a nine to five. There's a lot of people that do that and have a wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah. But, you know, talking to some of them, especially a lot of my friends that, you know, I, I keep a wide age range of friends. Their biggest regret is I wish I would have started this business that I had an idea for 40 years ago. Yeah. I worked a nine to five. I made everything safe. And it's the same idea behind just life in general. If you want to jump out of a plane, go jump out of a plane, you know, hopefully with a parachute. Yeah. Albert, yeah, I don't, know, yeah. don't. Uh, Albert, Albert would jump out with just a surfboard. Just no, a surfboard. Yeah, no, no, I he have would, limits. He would I surf, have clear limits. He would surf the air and no. then hit a wave at the right time and just roll right into it. Straight out of, straight out of what's his name? Point Break. Yeah, Johnny Utah. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Toe. That was before my time. I've seen it, but that before was, your time. Yeah. What year were you born? You uh, age yourself. He's an eighty-six. 80s, he's an eighties kid. Dang. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm I'm a young I'm buck. Old. He well, just looks of. old because he's got that great big bushy beard. <laughs> Eighty six. Dang. Okay. Meanwhile, some people watching are like, "He's old." You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Some are yeah, like, "Jesus." Uh, when I when I've been like, as my kids would say, you were born in the 1900s. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was. <laughs> I was born in the late 1900s. The late 1900s. That's my kids frame it. And I mean, I I really do think that with the swing and just overall. You know, we talked, we've already, we're already seeing it, but a lot of those things that people care about, you know, not meaning to go into a really deep talk, but, but like Roe v. Wade. You're allowed to yeah. go into yeah. deep talk. That's I'm what allowed. this show is. I know. This but, show is, we have so serious little, conversations. Yeah. yeah, but but Roe v. Wade, right? Yeah. Fun topic. Very, you know. We've um, talked about it. We're, yeah, I know. We're, we're talked about it. We're not afraid. It. But going into Roe v. Wade... That, that is one of the state's rights. The state can decide yes. whether or not it's an yeah. abortion or not. The federal government obviously has been overreaching since the 19, I mean, really since the 1940s. Has continually, I mean, if you go back further into the 1930s, overreaching on fiscal policy, overreaching on personal policies, to where, you know, now we have all these little different bureaucracies that make just getting ahead in life Incredibly that much hard. hard. Yeah. Yes. Hard. It's so hard. You like starting a business there's like 43 things you have to do and you know in theory it's like oh i'm start you know i start an llc <laughs> and, and none I'm, of them are creating I'm a product and selling it <laughs> no it's you're already 50 grand into the process yeah. by just getting ready legally yeah 
I mean, like, you know, so, we, we ran Ranger up for years and I was, and before I found out I needed like, Oh, you don't have like this $40 business license or whatever. Like yeah. you're technically, you know, I paid you're, a fine, yeah. you know, it's like, well, where's the list? Oh, you have to go to this website and that website. Like, fuck. Man. No. Yeah. So there's a, there was a, the, a writer I followed named Derek Thompson. He writes for the, the Atlantic, I believe. Um, anyways, he posted an article that not his, but a study about happiness to your point and happiness has been steadily declining as measured in the United States. Um, since 2000. So here's my chart. We'll post it like 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 that's the measures of happiness. And it's across males and females. And to your point, if you look at all these like different what I would consider happiness, for example, rates of sex in young adults is falling. Like like they're not getting it on anymore. Like it, like this is like I had like literally only they're, one pursuit as an yeah. 18-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How to it's, meet females. It's, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to me. So like, like happiness is falling and job satisfaction is also falling to your point about like living this safe life. But what's weird to me is that legit people that are not happy with the current state of affairs often vote to have more government help them get happy. It's the oddest thing. Well, no, it's like, where, it's I, like where you are today. They're like, <laughs> Oh, but if I had like, for example, this concept of UBI, we need universal basic income as a government program, right? Like, I mean, would it make you happy? I don't know. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Cause I think people are looking too much at Dubai and saying like, Oh, look well, how happy I, these people I, are. I, <laughs> and we've talked about this a little bit. I don't think happiness comes from an easy life. That's what he's saying. Yeah, it comes uh, from doing uh, and succeeding at hard things. Yes, exactly. Like you have to feel like you're contributing to society. That is what, like, you know, I, and, and I, I, at, I don't know if you have to do that, but you have to feel like you've met and overcome challenges. Like you know, those people that a, a good example is like Free Solo. That movie I really like Free Solo. It's about Alex Honnold. I don't rock climb, but he's ridiculous rock climber, um, and he you know, defies death every single time he goes up without ropes. And people mm. ask him, like, why do you do that? Because like, that's what makes him feel you're, alive. You're probably right, because I also know a lot of happy bastards that don't <laughs> contribute to society, but make, they make a lot of money, but they do hard things. Like, I, yeah, you're probably right. But I think, for, I think for most people, some element of, like, being useful to society does matter. I think for our audience in particular, I think, I think we have a lot of people that have served in the military. Yep. In, in you know in the fire fire departments police departments EMTs teachers nurses like I, I think we have a lot of people that do derive some of their happiness from like have I made a difference in the lives of other people but I do agree with you the more I think about it I know some bastards that are very happy people <laughs> that, that that do nothing to help society they are well, no, they are succubuses they on society <laughs> yes succubi succubuses succubi it's suck you by. It's suck you by. Yeah. Hollywood is very, very, very knowledgeable, apparently, and about movie, this. And that movie was used 265 times in the movie. I did. Suck you by? Don't know if you guys know what this, movie, but Hollywood's What movie did you do that had suck you by? Yeah. <laughs> it was the, uh, His life story? It was the same no. movie that was done by the guy that faked his death in an airplane crash because he owed investors like $6 million. That's very helpful to me, Hollywood. I know, I know it is. It's called Suck. Maybe it's called Succubus. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. Let me look, let me look it up. You can't remember. Hollywood's made so many movies, he doesn't remember the movies that he's made. You know, they these all are blend. These, are like, these are like month to two month endeavors. And Hollywood's like, yeah, I don't know. I, <laughs> you know why? 
I remember the ones I enjoyed. <laughs> See, I'm the I remember things that I hate way more than things I enjoyed. I don't. I remember things I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. You're a positive person. The things I hate is just kind of faded to black. Exactly. <laughs> you push the, that's what you push into your soul to make you try to get to the things, you know. I'm Italian, so the hate fuels me. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> he has to be angry. Like, that's just, that's life. So anyway, do we think... Do we think President Trump's going to jail? Or do we think President Trump is going to dodge all these bullets? It's going to set a weird precedence. I know. Because if he goes to jail for that, that's automatic impeachment talk for President Biden. 100%. And that's going to put a lot of people on the ropes. And when you're looking at it, and I know I, my topic that we'll get to a little bit later, but you also got all these corrupt politicians that are going to be you know, squirming, sign, squirming or yeah. signing their own warrants. I don't hate that. I don't either. I don't hate that. And maybe, you know, but it, it could, it can it, get very messy. It, it can get very messy very quickly yep. and erode more of the, what I would say is that, I mean, what our, our level of trust in the government right now is down beneath 50%. Yeah. I mean, I all time low 30. trust, all time low happiness. Like, so we're going to, we're going to look at, some major issues going on and don't want to throw like a civil war or anything out there, but I could definitely see a large movement for state secession or region secession across the United States. Do, if things you, go like that, do you ever see, do you guys ever see like a mass populist revolt in the United States? Like you've seen in other countries, like in Argentina, when they privatize the water, like, or Peru, when they privatize the water, people like, like I will kill people in charge of this where it was like us versus them in sri lanka when sri lanka collapsed earlier than last over the last 12 months like they were it's, they 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 overtook the president's or whatever president prime minister's house and like he he left because he's like dude these people are gonna kill me i i think if if we get to that kind of thing it's not going to be about political corruption it's going to be about a crumbling economy for individuals because of ai you think that's when people will revolt? Yeah. Well, I think I think that it's like everything else, right? So right now, we talk about civil war, and I've talked about this a lot. I don't think there's an impending civil war. I think it's a silly conversation. But when when right now everybody is very comfortable, even like the people that are like, "Man, rent sucks. I can't buy a house." Like <laughs> I saw a person complain on Reddit today that they make six figures and are supporting their wife and two children in the RTP area. And asking like, why is it so hard? Yeah, and it's it, like it's, people are like, well, you could downsize your car. Like, you don't need yeah, you don't need all this. <laughs> you stuff. don't need. <laughs> yeah. So, so I. But but when it when people actually start considering violence instead of just like you know, throw shooting shit on the internet, is, is when they can't feed their family. Yeah. And they don't know how to find any other way. And so like I could see. You know, if AI continues to accelerate the way it is, and I think it will, there will be at least a period of time where companies, you know, co companies are not creative and they're, they're not very few companies approach problems in an intelligent way. Like we all remember the mass exodus of employees as we embraced India for all forms of yeah, outsourcing of, you know, and, and knowledge all outsourcing, all yeah. kinds of jobs were lost. Um, you know, and we recovered from that eventually, 
but like AI is going to be at a different level. You're not outsourcing, you're outsourcing significant roles to a computer system that, you know, you're essentially only paying for bandwidth. A whole lot of jobs probably will be eliminated, at least in the short term. And a whole lot of people will not have skills to fall back on because all companies will do this at the same time because that's what happens. They follow trends and it's all about share price and not about long-term strategy. So the closest thing that I think we can look at as a example or, you know, kind of a parallel would be the 1930s. So we had just the same as we've had over the last 10 to 15 years, you know, from about 1918, 1919 at the close of world war two, all the way through 1930, really it was 1929. We had a really big boom following the same kind of wealth creation that we're seeing today. Then, you know, everything with the Great Depression happened. One, we saw a lot of people start betting life savings on really gambles, mm -hmm. right? Things that they didn't understand. Same thing's happening today in the real estate market, Crypto a few markets. other places, crypto, <laughs> yeah. all of this. Do where you, Do you think real estate's going to fall again? I know commercial real estate, at least in office spaces, will. Yeah, like that. I, think, well, I can see. I mean, I can see yeah. that. I mean, we're but having I'm, a mass I'm, exodus of. But see, yeah. if you look at a lot of these people, they saw, you know, and I'm going to use real estate investment trust on the street called REIT. REIT. You guys, you guys have all heard of these. A ton of those REITs are invested in big commercial buildings. Yeah, like Vornado and stuff. Like exactly, that. because they're a very. They used to be a solid source of income, so we have a lot of people with a lot of savings tied up in that. All of this same that we had in the 1920s, 1930s, everyone moving out west and not really understanding how to farm the soil. Mm -hmm. You know, me, I'm coming from a farming and a ranching background, you know, somehow made it to Goldman Sachs, as Nick said. <laughs> but they, you know, you have to understand what soil you're putting into so you don't have erosion. That's what AI is going to do, because during this time period, you know, we had a drought and I'm, I'm going back and forth between the Great Depression. But in the Great Depression, they had a drought that caused no more farmable land. Well, of everyone in the 1930s, there was well over 50 percent that were agrarian. So they were all relating, relying on this farming. So same thing with AI, which I'm telling, you know, like if we do see that where we all of a sudden we lose 50 percent of our jobs within a 12 month period, which you can already see AI is replacing a lot of smaller jobs. Yeah. You know, they can't, it can't replace a person yet, but it will, it will. Yeah. And you know, for a contract negotiation, you know, I don't need a paralegal anymore. Right. Even though this person has training, understands what's going on. I can have it draft up a quick statement have my lawyer review it, all of a sudden the lawyer can now charge for that time, but we've lost one full job. That goes over 50% of the population that are in support roles. You know, those, and I'm, I'm not saying support is a bad thing, but if we lose 50% of the population, yes, I could see an armed uprising, but I could also see, again, secession. Like, you, the federal government is trying to take care of 30 million people. The only way that you can control that many people is almost become totalitarianistic. Like that's how China does it. That's how they actually stimulate their economy. You meant 300, 300 million. 300 million. 380 million or whatever yeah. we're at now. Yeah, 380 million, wherever we're at, where you can't control that many people. So, no, sorry, 300 here. million. Which 30 million are they controlling? Sorry, <laughs> 380 million. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit of stage fright here.
Yeah, it's no, under it's Albert. A, Albert is a you know. He's I mean, I'm a pretty big guy. deal. I already you know? have a podcast. Yep. But uh, the the. Do you want to pimp your podcast here? Yes, I am the host of IT Visionaries. But the reason why I'm mentioning this right now is so I've gotten a chance. I've gotten a chance not to interview. A <laughs> not a sponsor. I've gotten a chance to interview some CIOs and CTOs, and they're talking about what they're going to do with AI, especially given that AI can do some base fundamental coding. Um, so I talked to some cybersecurity professionals as well as. Um, I talked to the CIO of NTT Data. NTT Data is like 50,000 employees based in Texas. Like they do huge software projects. And they're saying, and this is what they're saying. I don't know if this is what they'll do, but this is what they said on the show is that AI is helping with a lot of smaller tasks, but he doesn't see a place where you take all the baseline individuals and get rid of them. Because he said the, prob the next problem that's going to be true, and they kind of like, I'm, I'm summarizing what they say is recognition of error. Because if you rely, and, and you've seen probably some of the articles that AI is now like not as good, because it keeps getting inputs from people that are now wrong. <laughs> and so it doesn't know, it, the, AI cannot, AI is supposed to say, here are the facts, this is my decision. But if it's being fed bad facts, it doesn't have a filter of which to like understand facts. Yet. So like, not yet, right? But think about what a fact is, how does it know? Right. So like, for example, if you say it's frequency, then if enough people say two plus two equals five, does it say, oh, well, things have changed. Yeah, clearly. No, th these are good questions. You're right. These, these are good questions. And so what he's saying is like you still need a baseline layer of knowledge and recognition to even leverage AI, because the problem is, is like if it gives you bad code, you won't be able to recognize it. And so, for example, He'll have uh, they, they'll have like junior developers ask AI to create a prompt or ask a code base to, for example, uh, you know, increase the frequency of these mics as, you know, everything's got firmware updates now and they do it and it's wrong and you can't but you can't go to someone like, well, fix it. Well, AI doesn't think it's broken. But see, that's <laughs> but in, this is where I'm. So if you look, pretty much every corporation is built on a pyramid structure, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to take away the whole pyramid. Yeah, I'm going to say it it's going to take away probably the bottom half. So you'll have people that actually understand code. And this is actually a big problem on Wall Street, too. It's written on an old quote, COBOL. Uh -huh. Like yeah. COBOL has not been around forever. Yeah. Right, right. My mom so, programs COBOL. <laughs> yeah. She does. Yeah. But so COBOL engineers now can charge huge amounts of money because yep. simply due to supply. There's exactly. No supply of them. Yeah. I've asked her, like, you going back in? And she's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. But, yeah. She was a COBOL program. I read about this. The state, whole state of New Jersey uh, government systems written on COBOL. They're talking about all these things written on COBOL that there's no engineers that know the language anymore. Yeah. And that's, but see, that's the big thing is that how do, how do I people know learn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back in. I'm it, walking away. Can from you code like, anything in COBOL anymore? Yeah. Can you fix a problem in Cobalt? Probably. No, I don't think so. But see, I was yeah, a that, very good programmer back in the day. Yeah, that's you're talking about decades, bro. I know, but it's the same <laughs> language. Hey, if it's if it's Pascal, Fortran, Cobalt, Basic, <laughs> I'm your guy. If it's anything else, like Python. Do you remember so programming yeah, on the old TI-86s? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I had Snake oh, yeah. on mine. That yeah. was like during calculus. I had the uh, HP 48 Golf weapon system. That was my calculator. I wasn't. Ooh, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Hewlett Packard made. <laughs> well, I know what Hewlett Packard they, is. Yeah. The 48G was the competitor to Texas Instruments. Gotcha. And that's what. At, at West Point, that's what we used. <laughs> he just had to drop the West Point. I did. I yeah. did. I did. Because 
we get such a bad rap that I like to I like to put the positive out there. He 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 went to like two of the most hated schools. He went to West Point and Duke. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone hates the University of Wyoming. No, so I, I, I think I, you, you, just because I came from there. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. also, but. When you, uh, by the way, when you when you applied to Goldman Sachs, they probably like the system probably didn't recognize the the university drop down menu was probably like you know it was like it was Hi, the, Har no, Harvard and you typed in Wyoming like, Princeton what? they actually didn't have a choice I remember actually that I had to type it and I had to go other yeah, type yeah. in University like, of Wyoming are you from yeah. Harvard Princeton Cornell uh, Harvard so, Princeton Cornell Brown University of Wyoming and that's it that's, that's the <laughs> there list. was there was not they, they were like where is why. Oh, omen G. Did you did you mean did you mean Yale? No. So yeah, and I mean, well, one Wyoming we have less than half a million people. So literally, we're we're a, a, as a state we have more cattle and more sheep than people. Isn't that normal so. though? Wouldn't it be normal to have more cattle and sheep than people? There has to be more animals than people. Yeah. Well, no. In overall, yeah, like for example, North Carolina has more ants than people. Oh yeah. So you know. We're, we're not. We're, we're, yeah, exactly. We're, not, we're, we're talking we're, about. We're not sweating. We're not sweating it either. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Actually, Albert, I know that you, your father, went to the University of Wyoming. Yeah, yeah. One of the only people. So here's an awesome little pin from the University of Wyoming. Oh, look, look at that. that. Look at that. Albert gets a gift. Steamboat. Hey, Dude, Albert went, gets a gift. I went to. Know? Yeah, I went to the list. I because I, I told Ken about it, and I went to. I got my son lost in uh, USA Nationals for hockey. He was in Denver. And I looked it up really quick. It's like, Laramie's pretty close. And so I was like, we're going to make a, you know, he lost. He was down on the dumps. Like, we're going to do something different. And so we drove out to University of Wyoming. It was like the wind. I thought it was like the windiest day ever. But then Ken informed me that it's just a regular day. Yeah, like, it was like so windy and cold. Just getting used to walking like vertical. Because normally I'm like yeah. leaning down. How many people are at the University of Wyoming? Is it like seven? <sighs> Yeah, sure, seven. Uh, I, I think uh, last time we we're sitting 10, between ten and twenty thousand. So oh, I know, okay, so that's a big yeah, school. It's a it's a decent. We're the, we're the only four year university in Wyoming. Gotcha. So pretty much everyone that grows. You're up the in Wyoming, only four year university in Wyoming. We're, yes, there's only half a million people that live there. Yeah, wow. I mean, come on, it's it's small. <laughs> wow. But I mean, overall, like for engineering, we're one of the top rated engineering programs. Um, one of my other side kind of things that I do, I sit on the College of Business Advisory Board for the University of Wyoming, and we've done some great things with crypto. Um, Caitlin Long, who's founding Custodia Bank, you know, has donated quite a bit of money to the university. Hmm. So we have Steve Lupine, who's running a blockchain center, which we basically merge both business and computer science to come together. So, I mean, there's a ton of stuff going on there. And one, I'm trying to brag on it a little bit because it's my home state. But yeah, the University of Wyoming is at the forefront of a lot of the problems that we're talking about. Do you they know, have a wrestling team? They do have a wrestling team. Very good wrestling team. So Nice. <laughs> they have a I, women's I was, wrestling team? I believe they're starting one this year. You better get on that shit. I know. I'm, like, what are you I'm, doing? What are you doing, business guy? Hey, I'm... Where's I, the women's I'm, wrestling team? Hey, I'm, I'm supporting the <laughs> rugby team and the football team. You know, those are my two teams, so... You know, supporting step them a up, ton. Step up, bring the, hey, bring the wrestlers into the fold. Okay, I'll bring the wrestlers into the fold. Next time I go out there, I'll be chatting about that. But yeah, thought that would be a nice little it boom. Is. So you got Steamboat on there. And you know, I invited I invited both of you out anytime you want to come out to Wyoming. 
you know, you guys are always welcome to be my guests right. there. Imagine a media agency that can make a documentary that qualifies for Academy Award voting. Imagine another that created a billboard charting music video for Five for Fighting. Imagine another that has raised so much money for nonprofits in its first year working on the classy.org platform that at the end of the year, it was named as only the second marketing partner in Classy's history. Imagine another firm that can cover your events anywhere on planet Earth and provide a compelling series of videos about those events immediately and to your needs. And imagine another still that can help your e-commerce business take it to the next level. Now imagine that they're all the same business, Diesel Jack Media. Some of you might be saying, hey, Nick, isn't that your company? And to that I answer, can a company like Diesel Jack Media really be owned? Or can it merely be coaxed out like a beautiful butterfly on a spring day? As you listen to this podcast that, by the way, Diesel Jack Media created, you may be asking yourself, what's our secret? It's simple. We try not to suck. Sounds easy, right? It should be. But somehow, marketing companies and media agencies always seem to get it wrong. You see, we don't make PowerPoints about doing work. We do the work because we like the work. And if one of our ideas doesn't work, you know what we do? We try another one again and again and again until our ideas start to work. Because not quitting until it's right is at the heart of not sucking. And as previously mentioned, that's what we try not to do here. Diesel Jack Media, we try not to suck. Visit us at dieseljackmedia.com. That is dieseljackmedia.com. Well, we're going to walk away from my topic, and we'll just okay. let you flow into your topic. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? All right, about? so. We didn't come to any conclusion, though. We'd, we're not going to come to any conclusion. Do you know what I, what I think? What's going to happen? I think that they are going to put this guy in jail. And I think it's going to be a real problem. It's going to set a different standard for sure of yes. what it means to be a politician. Yes. And, I, and I think the Democratic base needs Trump to go to jail. I think they need him to. They There's so much hate around this guy. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve like 50% of it. But there is an ins like. Well, I would say if you believe if you believe that the swamp needs to be drained, which most people do. People have to be punished for their crimes and, and no one can be above the law. It's the only way you can drain it. I agree. So, I agree. I agree with that sentiment, but yeah. it, it is going to kick. It's oh, it's going to be these the conspiracy the, the, nuts are going to be going bananas. People in power, the people in power. You know, and, and I only have tangential relationships with lots of these people, but the people in power, they're used to being embarrassed as their form of punishment, not actually being punished. Yeah. You know, it's like they get caught. Yeah. They have to walk away from politics for a while. Maybe they, they can come back in a few years. what sexual relations are. Yeah. Like, like oh, oh, you know, I, I had an affair. <laughs> like, oh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to. What I'm, do you mean by sexual relations? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and I'm going to pray on it. And, uh, you know, I need some peace and quiet in this time. So my family and I can work on this problem. Like the problem is you slept around. Like that's the problem. <laughs> what does your family need? Like, but all right. Yeah, fine. You know, so they, they have these outs that they take every time that they're embarrassed. But this is different. Yeah. It, if Trump goes down, there will be retribution. I, I, I mean, 
because that's the way it's going to work. Yeah, everyone's going to be sniffing on everyone. Private yeah. investigation in DC is going to go through well, the roof. That's the, uh, well, that's it's already it's already it's, it's already there. It's, they yeah, already. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. How much do PIs? Every <laughs> single politician yeah. has a file on them by the opposing party and their own party. Yeah. Like, for real. No, that's... And when people fall out of favor with the party... Think, Story, think, stories get leaked. Think Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, pictures show up. <laughs> stories get leaked. <laughs> if somebody run, you know, if somebody that was essentially harmless suddenly is running for president and is starting to do well... Stories get leaked, you know, so like there is no, you know, their 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 Internet history, 100 percent. They're they're hacked. Your phones are hacked. Anything yeah. that you do is hacked. People are following you. People that you trust are willing to sell you. It's a it's a disgusting place like it. And it, it's very disgusting. But the rules, like I said, are essentially like let's look at Madison Cawthorn. Right. He was he was hot for a minute. He crossed some lines. Suddenly a file gets dropped on him, you know, and that is, you know, I don't know for sure, but I, I, I would bet that the, you know, the uh, integrity assassination of Cawthorn happened from the Republican Party. I think they were sick of his shit. And uh, but but again, what happened to him? He got embarrassed. Yeah. He's not going to jail. Did he do anything illegal? I don't even recall. Well, he did a couple times. He showed up at the airport like four times with a loaded gun. But yeah. But um, that's yeah, which now it's now it's legal. Like back in the day, it wasn't. But it was. Yeah, it was like, ah, my bad. Yeah, my bad. Um, but but, you know, again, like he was embarrassed. But like if people start going to jail. Yeah. For insider trading. That's and shit. different. That's different. If people start going to jail in the best case scenario, we push all these pieces of shit out. I don't know who's going to replace them. That's the problem. It's, but see, it's, yeah. And that's you can't like. Because regular people don't want, like, do you want to do it? You'd be a very capable legislator. Do you want to risk your? I think I think my having the the idea of having everything I do in the public eye and also be watched would be too annoying. Um, I can't imagine like your kids, like politicians. Of course, politicians. Yeah. Like whenever one of Obama's daughters, like, oh, she smoked weeds. Like, dude, she's a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like. You know what I mean? Your kids are followed. Your wife is followed. You're followed. Yeah. I don't want to live in the public eye to that degree. That's too much, I think. And so that yeah, makes being a politician. Well, but it, it's not. But it's beyond. It's beyond that because celebrities live in the public eye, and there's challenges with that. It's it's that you're being watched with the hope that you fall. I think celebrities like, are watched that way too, aren't they? Yeah, but there's but but the but as much. But with the celebrities, <laughs> it's like, oh, Brad Pitt was with this girl, right? Some of that stuff is even planted. Yeah. Like celebrities even have things planted so that yeah. their star rises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can say top you know? of mind. Um, but the thing with politics is it it is very much protected. It is very hard to sue. A politician can almost not sue anyone. They, there are layers of protections for the press, even shitty press, when you're talking about politicians. Yeah. So if if Brenneman's running, he could be a saint. I can snap a picture that I know is perfectly innocent. He could be mentoring a young woman starting a business, right? Yeah. And I can sit there in a bush and take 400 photos. And there could be one photo... 
where yeah. maybe this this woman tripped. You know what I'm saying? Like I understand. she tripped. She landed on Brenneman. He catches her like this. I have that photo. Boom. I put out a story. Brenneman's Can, cheating with this yeah. person. He groped a minor. It doesn't yeah. have to be true. <laughs> yeah. And there will be no repercussion for me if it's not true. And I can even say, oh, yeah, let me publish the story saying it's not true. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everybody thinks he's a cheater for yeah, all I know. time. Now. I know. I, I, I still remember when Howard Dean lost his, uh, like, lost his party support for, like, going, yeah, I mean, to be, to be fair, though, it was a really crazy, yeah. Yeah, no. but Steve Ballmer never lose, lost it. Like, Steve Ballmer's done crazier things yeah. than that. No he one knows. at Microsoft was like, get yeah. him off the stage. They were like, yeah. this guy's that's wild. Biz that's business. Steve Ballmer. Like, Developer. Yeah, like, ah, <laughs> Windows. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I completely agree. And the one thing I would say that it, if he does go to jail, that's going to just increase the distrust in the federal government. Yeah. And yeah, because, because it, there, it is impossible not to say to some extent that the party is weaponizing agencies against yeah. these people. Well, I want to exactly. twist, I want to twist the angle a little bit. All right. Twist it. How do we benefit from this? Cause I'm always selfish like that. I'm no, like, I, well, I, how do I win? If this is true, what will win? I, I think if we, if we want to win as an American public, do you mean as an American public, or are you talking about as a business? No, I mean as personally. <laughs> so, well, and that, that, you know what I'm saying? Like this is that's I mean personally. Like, what should we? Where should we put our? Where, where should we? What skills should I invest in learning? What, um, you know, investments do I need to make? Sword fighting, huh? Sword fighting. Yep. Yeah, just I don't want to enter combat. Just in case. Huh? Just yeah. in case. Yeah, but that's the problem with fighting is there's always someone better. There's no one better than you, Albert. No, there's you're always the, someone better. You're the best katana swordsman. <laughs> Even though it's in true, Wake Forest, someone would bring a gun. Right? <laughs> so yeah, you cannot be the best, dude. Well, maybe post-apocalyptic America is only katanas. Maybe that's like the rule. No, nope. everyone's could yeah, be. everyone's walking Never around forget. with katanas. Never, ever, all dude. No, no. Samurai how do I win? Style. Again, how do, we how do win? you win? How do we win? What will explode in success given? I mean, I feel like CNN and the news stations are going to start growing because people are going to be glued to their television. I don't know. I actually don't think it'll be the regular mainstream media. Um, independent if, media? Yeah. I, I think independent media. I think media, mainstream's going to die. Yeah. Main, if you look at mainstream media, another thing that trust is just yep. completely. But if just hit, you know, gone to rock bottom and below, it would be if you're going to invest, invest in independent media and self-sufficient needs. So talking self-sufficient farms, things like that, because in, when I'm talking about that, it's like local. So, you know, if you can invest or take a portion in any of these, then that's where you're gonna win personally, because a lot of the conglomerations and corporations that have paid into all of these parties are gonna get exposed because the, th the, big, the big thing that happens and I'm going to segue into my topic right after this, oh, after nice. I finish this. Perfect. Is you start following the money, right? Right. And when you start following the money, things get very truthful very quick. Yep. And if I'm going to go down, like, and we've seen it time If that's the case, let's just take big pharma out right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, but the big thing is, is that when you see, and here's the other thing part about politicians and why I really like local politicians, right? 
local politicians stand up for their beliefs. Big politicians, as soon as they start going down, and I'm not saying, I'm speaking as a general rule. It's 100% true. As soon as they start going down, they're grabbing the person that put them there and starting bringing them down too. Then that person is grabbing another person, and all of a sudden you see the chain of money go through. So one of the big things that I think needs to happen and kind of the subject that I'd like to chat about is, you know, Congress and the legislative branch write all of our financial laws. And what they do is they write them in such a way that they can take advantage of them. So if we look back 10 years ago, the Panama Papers were released, right? Big story where congressmen were writing laws specifically for their donors, who are very wealthy individuals, to circumvent US tax law. Now again, I'm not saying if you look at the percentage of taxes paid by rich folks in the United States, you know, it's upwards of 50% of all taxes paid. In, in theory. In theory. Yeah. So by the way that you look like yeah. in the IRS, but obviously there's deductions, things like that that come along. But there was also ways to put money in, you know, I hate taxes, just so everyone knows. I'm very vehemently opposed to taxes, but to put them in offshore tax havens and it was the congressmen, their families, their big donors. But on, you know, and then they were writing laws, you know, Dodd-Frank, which had the best of intentions, but, you know, the best of intentions paves the road to hell. And same thing happened there in 2012. Yep. And then, you know, at the beginning of 2020, the pandemic started, you know, depending on which side you fall in the pandemic, doesn't matter. There no, was a lot of stuff that hit. Big business did great in the, in, pandemic, in the pandemic, and small business got murdered. It did, and then if you actually look at a lot of the big businesses or the big public businesses, they got hurt the most. Congress, and I mean, this is another crazy part. Literally, we have their trades, everything else that they put through, sold out as soon as they were walking out of these meetings. Yeah. So they're all like, hey, there's this new trend. There's this new strain out of China. This could be 10 times worse than the bird flu. Yeah, I'm selling Swine. all my Hilton shares. Exactly. I'm selling Boom. all my Marriott shares. We're going to shut them down. There was a big investigation and then nothing came of it. Yeah. Both of these, Panama Papers and the 2020 you know, stock congressional, I think it's the congressional stock, whatever it was. Yeah, because they're investigating uh, themselves. Exactly. And they're the ones that wrote the law so they it's can like, say, oh, well, it's this loophole. Yeah. You know, it's insane. So... So like, you know, regular people, I mean, listen, I, I know not everybody's a saint, but regular people would not have the audacity to do these things. I don't think so. I think they would. You think so? I think. They'd be in jail immediately. I, I think, I think, yeah, I, I do believe in this concept that absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think when, if you were given, if you gave the ability for every person to submit, like, a law or a rule or a revision to laws. I find it hard to believe that more than 50, I bet you more than 50% of people would tilt it in their favor. And that's, that's what it goes. That's what happens. Yeah, people see, inherently are selfish. Well, I mean, I, could, well, I do. I agree with that, but I also think that there are a lot of people that try to serve like a higher purpose. Now they don't usually win elections. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, that's the big thing here is really, with the, with what happened in 2020. Yeah. If I would have done that, if I, and I mean, still, if I were to do that, if, 
you know, let's say neutral position was a public company. Nick tells me something about it and I go trade on that information. I'm going to go to jail and I'm going to pay a big fine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's very, very prevalent. Like I can tell you, I probably, you know, at my former company, I would go through trainings like that four to five times a year because we did have that type of information. Yeah. And so if I was with a client, let's say, right. Or, talking to someone or another firm and I exposed what's called material non-public information, MNPI, instantaneously, like I'm on a freeze. Like I have to call my compliance officer. He says, well, you can't do this. You have to send this out. There's a ton of steps. Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to, you know, my accounts get locked. Any, you know, if I'm covering a client, like if I'm covering a client, I can't touch that client account. Someone else has to, there's a ton of safeguards. Because, yeah, you say 50%, I would say most, you know, 50% of people probably wouldn't act in the best interests. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about your normal average everyday person. You know, it's kind of the same thing as an officer in the military, as an NCO. You know, when you get your stripes or you get your bar, right, you are held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in the Army, when you go from specialist to corporal or specialist to sergeant, as soon as you hit that NCO rank, you're now a guiding force. As soon as you, know, you went to West Point, you became an officer. So as soon as you put on your bars, you became sir to everyone else, yep. you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. That's what Congress needs to do as well. They can't be, I'm the exception to the rule. The rules are for thee, not me. Yeah. That's, yeah. you know, so I, I think there's actually a higher number of people. So I think we all public. agree on that, but no one, like that's not the world. You know, we're, we're electing people that we know are terrible people. They and it's not everybody. There are good people in Congress. <laughs> yeah. But, but some of these people I look at and I'm like, how the hell are you voting for these clowns? Well, and that's the thing. Well, is, there's only two people on the ticket. Oftentimes on any given ticket, usually by the time you go, the public goes to vote. There's only two. Yeah, but, but I mean, there's, there's primaries, you know, like. But see, the thing is, is that we've become and again, like. When I talk to people about managing their own money, yeah, right. We were we just had a big conversation about that. People aren't as educated as they should be due to one kind of our school systems, which I know we can get into a little bit later. Both my parents are educators, so you know I, I really wanted to say that teachers do a wonderful job, but they're forced to teach curriculum curriculum test that curi- <laughs> curriculum that meets test standards you don't yeah. get the same education even that we had 20 years ago right and i think people even though we have all this information it's almost information overload to where Think about it when we used What's to What's the get- one thing that you would do? You can make one change to the education system. What is the, and, and like walk away. You can't, you, you have no other influence that you think would make the biggest difference. What's the change you would make? Bring back mandatory vocational education programs. How about you, Albert? I like that. Uh, um, but if there's a rule change, I would probably eliminate um, 
I would I would eliminate funding based on EOG. They call them EOG end of grade uh, funding based on EO, EOG standards. So that yeah that that, that is like that's I, that's the problem. The pro- would, that's I, the biggest problem. I would get rid of all federal and state standards for teaching and leave it to the communities. Oh, you mean to become a teacher? No, 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 no. I would uh, literally eliminate the standard of this is what you have to teach. This is this is how you have to teach it. This is what you have to teach by grade. Yeah. I would leave it all in the community. And here's why. It gives good teachers the opportunity to do whatever they want and teach people how to think. It eliminates having to teach for a test and people will vote for their with their feet. The best communities, the best, you know, right, already happens, right? People, where do you, why did you move to Wake? Well, Wake Forest isn't, well, I left Cary, so I left a better school system to go to a lesser one. But, like, in general, uh, I'm going to speak for Asian families. A lot of Asian families don't believe in education system, period. Um, that's why you actually don't see that many Asians enrolled in private school. You won't, you just won't see it. Like if I have to pay, I'm not going, right? Because a lot of Asian families, I'm like, my dad legit thought he was a better teacher for me than than any school teacher would be. And most kids that grew up with to immigrant Asian families, and I don't know about other nationalities, but I know like in my family and then our friend circles, my dad and mom would have work packets for me. Like it was like, that's school homework, child's play, do this, right? And like they were, they were more in charge of my education. So I don't, they... It's weird to think that, but like I literally, even though Wake Forest is a lesser area than Cary in regards to like the education system, like I had no problem sending my kid to public school. I had no problem because I was like, not only are you going to learn what you learned there, but I got work for you at home, and we did. Well, my, that's how well, we did it. That's interesting. Well, I mean, you know, we had we had Matt Brudreau on, and yeah, it's very similar to you know his school system. Yeah, you know, he runs a private school system, but he also he also has like uh, you know programs where like he teaches people how to homeschool their kids and stuff but yeah. like there's no standard to homeschooling by the way it's like the yeah. qualification standard you know well, what they, I mean? like, they, the kids have to still pass yeah. a certain no no test. to be an like to your point about being an educator yeah. like there's no like oh i have to be x y and z in order to be able to educate at home. yeah yeah and that's so that's a really good one and i mean coming from you know no child left behind was passed while i was in school yeah. So that's what brought forth a lot of this standardized. And is it true? I forget who the testing service is, but there's like, a, I believe it's like EDS or education. Like there's a company that delivers the SAT. They deliver all the standardized tests. And someone was saying, I don't know if this is a rumor, but like they funded that campaign, which make would make total sense yeah. if they well, did. Well, and see, like, that, that's, hey, that's the whole thing about where I'm getting at with these laws <laughs> is that, you know, if you follow the money to where it's going, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, you see what's happening. Like when you look at who's funding, I'm gonna. Hollywood's up. just walking away. We've I know. been talking so long. Hollywood, <laughs> Hollywood, come back! I'm back. Okay. I'm going to hey, pee. Hey, are these cameras even still running? Do you even know? I do you even, off like 45 minutes. Do you even know what we're doing? You just don't. <laughs> Hollywood just leaves. I said it off like 45 minutes ago. Ladies and gentlemen, Hollywood doesn't even care about the show anymore. He's walking away. I have to pee, bro. Why don't you have a diaper on? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, where's your Gatorade? <laughs> where's, yeah. ga- where's your Gatorade bottle? Exactly. 
Well, you know, I did that in the van the other day, and the guys weren't too happy. <laughs> just, just put the put the catheter in. You're good. We have no uh, one we'll filming that. us. It's just, it's the wild. So let's, you know, let's ruin all the shots now. It's Hollywood. <laughs> just, hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> Getting back on subject of. But you follow the money. You follow, you're following the money. So, you know, No Child Left Behind is pushed forward by a ton of I believe of these. there was believe a song Bush. about this. Yeah. Hey, it must be the money. I be, it was, I, I believe it was uh, Bush Sr. No Child Left Behind. Was no, was it Bush Sr.? No. No, it was Bush Jr. Junior. Bush Jr. It was Bush Jr. W. Yeah, so terrible legislation. Good intentions, terrible legislation. But see, that's what, but, but that's, it's masked. That's what he's saying. Yeah, that's it's that's masked what, with good intentions. That's what they're that's what they're all doing is they're masking these good intentions. If you look at Dodd Frank, right? What Dodd Frank did is basically set the underpinnings for the collapse of the regional banking system that we just saw and that we're still experiencing mm-hmm. today. I mean, we yep. had a bank fail two days ago. You know, last was it Friday that. You know, we had a bank big banks are a bad idea. Big banks, big banks and small banks, very interesting on both accounts, but a lot of it comes down to the fractional reserve system that we're currently sitting in. You know, everyone knows that. Well, maybe not everyone, but they only hold they only 10%. hold percent. Yeah, and when when you're actually looking at of their deposits, when you're when you're looking at the entire thing, that means the other ninety percent is out on bets. And Congress wrote all this legislation for Dodd-Frank that masked with good intentions saying, oh, we're going to make your money safe because everyone was still thinking that when really it was the banks themselves that had caused the 2008 financial crisis Mm -hmm. by pushing ninja loans, low rate. CDAs, rebundling and flipping to someone else. It drives me nuts that there are no repercussions for these people. Well, yeah, especially and and, and, and and like I hate. There's nothing that I hate more than executives making decisions that screw the public, and then like they, you know, the bank has a fine, but those individuals don't suffer at all. They don't go to prison. They don't. They don't lose their own money. They actually gain wealth while they screw the public, and they're like, oh my bad. Like which, and I mean, and it's all again. And, and you were a banker. I was, I was a banker. I consider myself. Why are you a terrible person? <laughs> Why did you do this to America? Because my drill sergeant yelled at me too much in basic training. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, he actually probably taught me more than a lot of the leadership that I've had throughout my banking career. You know, not all bankers are bad. Just like we're saying, not all Congress people are bad the ones you have to watch out for are the ones that are self-serving. And that's where Dodd-Frank, right, was written by people who didn't understand the banking system and didn't understand the implications. Who did they bring in as witnesses to help them write this legislation? It was people that ran banks that were in upwards of a billion dollars in AUM. Now, by all standards, that's not a huge bank, but that's a lot bigger than a lot of the smaller regional banks. So when you're looking at your friendly neighborhood banker that we all grew up with, right? The credit union, you know, they might only have a hundred million dollars in AUM, but they're beholden to you. They know you, they go to church with you on Sunday or whatever. They, their family and your family are going to the same places for dinner. Your kids are probably going to the same school. Now, that's the problem with a lot of these overreaching federal mandates at that level is that 
allows for Congress to write their own loopholes so that they're not held accountable to the same way that we would be. If I was insider trading with my job, what would have happened? I would have been in prison. They can do the same thing, no charges brought forward. They can write legislation that will crush an entire industry. Small, you know, small banks yeah. are basically a small business. You know, a lot of small banks and a banker at a small firm, they're not killing it either. They're your, av they're your average everyday Joe. They're not making a million dollars in bonuses. They're not, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, they're not moving enough money. What, what I'm saying is that really if you follow the money all the way to there, we see the corruption, we see the issues within just the laws, the overreaching laws, just like No Child Left Behind. Best of intentions, but if you really look at it, yeah, it's, it's designed for it's them and their friends. Yeah. yeah, the testing services to like, well, I just won the contract. Exactly. I just insured tests yep. at every grade level for every state yeah. until this thing is repealed. And I mean, it's hard people. to unwind. It's even harder to unwind things nowadays. So like this laws in place, federal funding is allocated to your school system based upon your ability to pass these standardized That's tests. Right. And so it's, to unravel that means you have to come up with a comparable replacement of how to distribute funds. Get rid of all of it. I mean, it should just be based upon population. Like, many, oh, this many people how, how live many, here? How many here kids you go. are there? But yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, that's see, it. And that's the, but see, they, <laughs> they create layers upon layers. So really, yeah. if you look at it, you're getting, and again, going back to this, you get a pile of money. Yeah. That I is, think we should just get rid of the entire Department of Education. I would say, like, the, the, my parents are both educators, so no, I don't no, want to no, get. No, I don't want to get. No, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm but, not talking about. No. I'm not talking about teachers. I'm talking about the overhead. The, yes, the, it, the it should fall to the community level. I agree, 100. You know? Like, like, you know, you get X number of dollars based on population. You do whatever you want with it. You know. Well, I think it has to be spent on education. I mean, you can't. No, no, well, no, yeah, no, no, no. That's, 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 no, no, I'm that's, saying, yeah, yeah. Inside, inside, like you've got to pay, spend it on education. I'm not yeah. saying you can, you can <laughs> buy Lambos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, but I mean, look how much money we would save. So, and I agree. So, like, yeah. the Department of Education has become less about education than anything else. Yeah. If you bring it back to the community level, the state level, really, you're able to better suit because one. You're able to give the experience back to the teachers because if you've ever seen now what kind of the Department of Education gives down to them, like my mother's a principal now, right? She started out as a second grade teacher, was a gifted and talented teacher, ran a program for that. Now she's a principal, got her doctorates. And a colonel. And she's a colonel. So yeah, my mom's still in the military, just made colonel uh, two weeks ago. This Two weeks there ago, the, two weeks ago today. So. Mama Brennan. Yeah, ma'am. So uh, that, that's that's what I call my mother, ma'am. My dad retired. <laughs> so no, and then my dad, he's a vocational education teacher. He teaches welding, woodworking, all that. They they both fill out binders, probably two and a half inch, three inches thick. That's where I'm sitting yeah. here. That they have to scan out all of their protocol for that year of what they're going to teach, how they're going to teach it, yeah, all this stuff. It's insane. And I'm all like. Yeah. Insane. What for a wood for a wood teacher, right? For my yeah. dad, I'm all like, but then the bigger part of that is he's in middle school, yeah, and he's still teaching kids how to do fractions, how to. And I'm yeah, all I'm like, gonna cut this wood in half. What do you mean? 
What do you mean? <laughs> or, you know, here's, you know, here's yeah. a tape measure, do yeah. two and three quarters. Yeah. Well, which line is the three quarters? Yeah, yeah. You know? This spec is for a 16th. How, how do I do that? Exactly. And so if we got rid of the Department of Education, one, all that money, because when you get to the upper levels, again, following the money. Yeah. Like you There's, have people making hundreds of thousands of dollars as administrators to create and to create <laughs> problems and it, they have to create yeah. a problem so that they can solve it. Yeah. And I, I also think that education is going, has gone entirely in the wrong direction. So, you know, we've talked about this in the past where the education system was actually originally designed to deliver competent workers to large corporations. Right. Well, our economy more and more is entrepreneurial. We have more people that are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, um, and with AI coming around, I think that's gonna be the case more than ever because we're, large corporations are soulless entities that are always looking to generate the maximum amount of profit. So it's like they're, you know, they're gonna cut people whenever they can, they're gonna increase prices whenever they can, where a small business is more personal. So to do to be a successful small business person, you have to be able to think. And that is not what our school system teaches. It does not teach how to think. It teaches to a test. So I think I think we have a real problem. I, I think our, our education system, and I think everybody knows this, our education system is broken and people are trying to impose more control to unbreak it, whereas problems are never solved at the macro level. They're always solved at the micro level, you know? Like, and they're, all, they're actually often solved by an outsider. Yes. Someone who's not familiar with the problem encounters it yeah, for the first time, just walks and they in and see says, it in a different stupid. way. Yeah, this is dumb. Like, why would you do this? And well, that's the way we've a done A lot of it. the great innovations because are always from people outside the industry, right? Yeah. I, I did a talk on this where, you know, GoPro wasn't founded by a camera person. Spanx wasn't founded by a hosiery person. Like, it repeats itself over and over again. That's because, and again, getting to Nick's point, we're all taught how to think. Yeah. Like, if I was, and again, I'll never run for government office, but that's why I- Not I, yet. Yeah. Not yet, not ever. Wyoming yeah. needs a governor. No, no retailer came up with Amazon, right? Like, exactly. They, but yeah, getting back, but looking at it, we can all see it because we're on the outside, right? Figuring out how to implement it and implement and execution are, you know, I've seen so many great business ideas. I've helped a sure. ton of great companies, but implementing something like that, and it has been implemented. If you look at, you know, the Amish, um, my family's actually Mennonite. You know, I have a ton of... What do you think about the Weird Al song, Amish Paradise? I love it. It's great. Weird, Weird Al's one of my favorite. It's one a, of my favorite. Great, I mean, it's a work of art. It is. We're just crazy Mennonites if we're gonna, living if we're gonna, in an Amish if paradise. If we're going to go off topic, one of my favorite bands grew up in Amish country. August Burns Red, and it's like a, my friend called it a Six Sigma event. Like, there's no way five kids that grew up in this town are that good at their instruments. They're widely known as being unreal at their. At well, their craft. I mean, well, what else do they have going yeah. on? Yeah, let's see. Like, once the barn, once the barn's built, it gets dark. There's no barns to build. Thrashing on guitar. Too, too late to farm, you know. Like, but see, that's that's the other big portion of it is that. By taking out this structured education system, that's what allows people to become masters at their craft. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is, you know, 
if I'm going to look at what made me passionate when I was, you know, even now, you know, it's building businesses. But if I was to look at it at 15, 16, love playing my bass. Mm -hmm. If I wouldn't have had to go to English class where I think I have a pretty good command of the English language and I didn't learn much. <laughs> I can't say I didn't learn anything, but I don't think I learned much beyond, you know, what was taught to me, really everything else comes from you reading things like that, I could have been an amazing bassist. Or, you know, playing football. I could have, rather than go to English class, I could have done three more sessions in the weight room or whatever. If we get away from the standardization where Nick is kind of talking, where it's all like, you get to, and I don't want to say a 12th grade reading level, but really when you look at, if you can comprehend something, then some of my friends have all been welders, so they didn't need, they don't need to go read The Great Gatsby and understand <laughs> what was going on with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, and even today, when we talk, there, and it's how you adapt, and also it allows for interpersonal adaptation. You know, I'm not going to be using different types of verbiage with them, you know, because they wouldn't, they don't have the same language skills that I do. So I would not use those words, not saying that they're dumb or anything, but they, all they want to do is be a welder. So I talk welding terms yeah. with them. And they're artists for, in that. Yeah, they are. They're artists so when it comes to that. If I use an example, I'm not going to use an example of, you know, anything else in the business world. It's, hey, think of it like this in welding terms. Yeah. So. Well, I, I think, you know, it's, it's, I think it's important to, to try to, to try to learn things you don't know. I think that is important. And I think it's good that school exposes those things to people. But I am, I am a big believer in the, you know, in, in the Gary Vee-ism, like triple down on your strengths, right? And we talk, Albert, you and I talk about this all the time. If you love something, you're gonna be good at it because you're gonna invest your time in it. You're gonna be thinking about it when you're not at work. You're gonna, it, it's, it becomes all encompassing. You know, I am very good at math, but I don't love it, right? I can do like you give me any math problem, I can probably figure it out. Unless you're getting into that high math where the the nerds, the Some real Johnny Kim shit. Well, no, I mean like you know I've talked <laughs> yeah. I've talked about this before. I took a, I took a class at, when I, I was in, a mechanical engineer at West Point, and I can do. There's West Point number four. Well, I don't talk about it. Not much, sure if you guys know this. I don't. I don't talk about it much, but you're here, so I want to. <laughs> I want to remind. No, you know I can, you know. Uh, differentiation, integration, I can do like most of that in my head. Like I, I, I'm good at math. I'm in this class and it's called advanced heat transfer over an amorphous mass. And we take this test. And when I tell you, I had no idea what I was looking at on the paper. I mean, I had no fucking idea what I was looking at on the paper and um, I get it back and it's like a 34. And I'm like, I'm going to fail out of West Point. And then I look, you know, we, you know, you kind of start doing this and I see like 17, eight, you know? So like, all right, well, the good news is we've, we've all failed. Two guys, Mike Nordine and uh, Brian, I'm blanking on his last name, uh, 92 and 88, you know? And they were pissed that they made mistakes. They understood this stuff at a level 
that I never will. But they also would went back and like reworked the problem so they could understand it. Whereas the rest of us were just thrilled that there was going to be a scale and we weren't going to fail the class. And, and this is true of everything. I'm good at operations, but I'm not great and passionate about operations. And by spending a lot of time at Ranger Up trying to become personally great at operations instead of hiring somebody that was just crazy passionate about operations, I significantly hampered that business's ability to grow. I think about this a lot. And so now one of the things Albert is great about is anytime I start straying into things that I don't really love and I'm spending my time on things that I don't really love, he's like, I don't think you like this. I don't think we should do it. He says it just like that. You know, it's, it's the only way you can get across Nick. I have to do the same thing. It's not like, don't do this. Go away. You know, and that has been that has pushed us in directions that like I personally enjoy. Similarly, he goes after things he enjoys. And you're doing that right now as you're starting your new businesses. Correct. I'm so, on an endless endeavor to work less. And in that, in that result is me working more. I don't understand. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe I hate myself. I don't know. But it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a puzzle that can't be solved. Well, no. So <laughs> the way that, it, and even with me, right. So I'm, you know, doing all these, these new things thought I was going to be working less. I'm actually working more, yeah. almost more. But the thing is, is <laughs> that's that how it always goes it, down. <laughs> it's a little different when you're doing something you enjoy. And again, yeah. getting back to that passion yeah. is that I'm, I actually, if you look at it, the jobs that used to take me four or five hours are now taking me two, but I'm just filling them in with time to get better at something else that I enjoy. Yeah. So even though you seem more busy, you're getting more of that enjoyment and fulfillment that we talked about earlier. And because you're pushing yourself, like for me, it's always pushing boundaries. You know, I was talking to a good friend and there's a reason why I never picked up any drug habits or anything like that. Because when I start doing something, I'm an all in type of guy. Yeah. Like it's, there's no moderation for me. It's either we're pedal to the metal going yeah. all out or there's nothing. I'm, yeah. the, I'm, so. I'm, I'm the same way. It's the, it's the reason why, like, I, I really enjoy, uh, you know, like sci-fi fantasy stuff. Right. So my wife, who's a passionate gamer is like, you should play world of Warcraft with me. And I look, I've looked at world of Warcraft and I know how much I would love it. And I will not start it because I will have to be the most powerful orc or whatever in the world and it will be all encompassing and I will I will waste time. Uh, see, I'm 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 forever a dabbler, which is both good and bad, right? Cuz I like learning things, but like there I think there's a the way I quantify it is there's like a rush when you first start getting into something. You feel like your knowledge is stacking exponentially. It's like, "Oh my god, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I can do that." But then you inevitably will reach like I think you after maybe some basic education, you start getting to this like there's this huge zone from good to great of like hard work and hours, yeah. right? And most people when they get to that zone is when they like don't want to keep doing it because they don't get that same rush of I'm getting better. Uh, it's like similar to jujitsu. How I've, many professors of jujitsu said like once a guy makes blue belt, they disappear. Like the the gap, the amount of white belts to get to blue is substantial, but the amount of blues that go to the next go on to purple is yeah. actually small. And I, I said, what happened? Well, it's, like, they don't want to keep working. Well, no, They're it, not stacking but, those but wins. It is interesting because I'm a little bit of a dabbler in jujitsu now. 
And I think it's because like I chased excellence in judo for so long. Then I chased excellence in wrestling for so long, chased excellence in boxing that like jujitsu for me truly is a hobby now. And so like, like I, I, you know, I want to get better and I work at getting better, but I'm not like, I really don't care. <laughs> about like oh have i mastered the this or that or the other like i don't know so that's like the one exception for me is i i truly use jujitsu as like i'm just going to play and you know i pick things up along the way but like i don't care what my status is in jujitsu for me like i think ever i have yet to find that down throttle switch which mm-hmm. i mean eventually i will but i i do see your point as well to where like my dad is one, he's been doing woodworking for a very, very long time. Yeah. Like, I've reached Is he the better point. than I am? <laughs> yes. <laughs> By this much. I mean, I'm pretty good. By this much. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty you, good. You but, are, he, but he's probably so. significantly better. But he, and that's that's what we're talking, is yeah. that to truly become a master of any craft, like Congress like drafting 10, legis- legislation <laughs> yeah. to, to do all that. Yeah, 10,000 hours. You know, it's that 10,000 hour rule. And for me, like I'm, I'll probably never be a true master wood woodworker because I don't have the same passion that my dad has. Yeah. Well, I become a really good one. Yes. I mean, I, I, yep. That's I exactly. do a lot of woodworking, yep. but it's when I, when I did, when I started out and even when I went from, and see, I would actually say, really, you have beginning to good and then good to intermediate. So when you get to that intermediate stage, then it's all about the finesse and that's in everything like if you're working on a car and you become a master automobile mechanic right or a master restorer or anything like that there's a lot of people that are that intermediate and i've seen those people that are excellent and it's their inward drive that really pushes that forward yeah so but it takes a special it takes the person being matched to what their passion is to do that. A hundred percent. The, the example that I like to give is if I make a coffee table for you, the outside of the coffee table is going to look great. But if you, if you flip it over, it looks like shit because I, I'm not worried about it. But if you take somebody who's a master, no matter what angle you turn that table, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous because they would not be comfortable with the fact that, oh, there was a, a splotch of glue on the underside of the table that no one's going to see unless you're a toddler crawling under it, but they will know. And they, that, that'll be sanded out. And re- like it, it, there's a different passion when you just love it. Whereas when, when you like it, you're like, oh, I made a nice table. Like, good job, me. I'm done. It's different. It is. But we, uh, We've been going for some time. The rap is supposed to be a short show, but you two guys just like to talk and talk and talk while I just try to keep my comments, you know, short and and uh, sweet, you know, right to the point. Folks, it has been a pleasure having you. Brenneman, parting thoughts. Be a better person <laughs> and do better for the world. I think that's good, the, good that's parting close thoughts. Way. Good parting thoughts. Albert, parting thoughts. Man, I have no wisdom like that. Um, I don't have a parting thought. All right. Uh, My parting thought is AI is going to kill us. Have a great week, <laughs> and I'll see you next week.